in on a throwback Thursday edition of the Broncos Blitz podcast presented by Maverick Sports. I am Danny Williams. I'm along with Alex Becker. Alex, how are you, bro Chacho? I'm doing pretty well. How are you? Uh, I'm good, man. Just got done with the radio show, wrapped up the radio show. Russell Wilson just got off of the podium, um, do his little, uh, you know, wins, what should be kind of a Wednesday, Thursday with the uh, um, couple extra days uh, presser. And the guy, smile on his face, um, said all the right things as usual, but has been getting crushed around town because he's trying to, you know, he's got a collab right now with lids and he's selling hats and he's putting tweets out about hats and you know about god and um it just to some people feels like a bad look and do you know what man i think that's kind of i'm starting to i'm trying to really not only disagree with that take but feel like it's it's kind of cheap it's kind of kind of classless the guy is a he's a future hall of famer who has a lot of fans still in Seattle, tons of fans. He's got fans around the league, and maybe he doesn't have as many fans in Broncos country as he did five weeks ago. Um, you know, the guy's married. He's, he's, he's a public figure. And whether he thinks he's more of a star and a celebrity than maybe the rest of us think he is, it's just what, what it is. And we can't compare how he handles himself to, like, the Peyton Manning brand. We just can't do it. I'm kind of sick of it. If Russ can't play anymore, it has nothing to do with stuff he puts on social media, stuff he puts out there about, you know, a JC. Um, and uh, I'm just kind of ha feel the need to kind of come to bat for Russ. It hasn't looked good. Actually, it's looked like shit. But inside of it, the details, you know, the devil's in the details. Mm -hmm. Um they the numbers are fair um across the board and even pretty good minus the red zone and the touchdown numbers they're settling for field goals and they're not scoring touchdowns okay um i can't keep saying well the rest of the league looks like shit as well well it's only if, um patrick mahomes and josh allen who are really lighting the league up everybody else is kind of just getting along all that's kind of true all that's kind of very true i just believe now if you know everyone wants an answer what's wrong and then how do you fix it well some just want to bitch we're solutions oriented okay so we're going to try to give solutions the reality is it just hasn't happened the way we thought it was going to happen overnight and it's a why well um a lot of reasons the offense was we overrated and overvalued the offense's talent and you lost, which might have been your toughest, most complete offensive player in Tim Patrick. Yeah, I said that. Big loss. A Big huge, loss. huge loss. Okay. Jerry Judy, not as good as advertised. I think we're realizing that and having to come to terms with that. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, tight end, a joke. The, the tight end position is a, a, it's a joke. Um, and then your offensive line, you're, you know, you're prized. Um, you know, your best offensive lineman in Garrett Bowles, who, you know, man, I don't know about Garrett Bowles. He's probably a top 12 or 15 due to his position, but also that's a hard position to replace um, on an offensive line that was just meh anyways. Um, and then Javante himself. 
You know, no one was higher on Javante than me, man. I love the guy. Discovered him. Um, we, you know, we talked about him coming to the Broncos um, before he – this was pre-draft. You know, got it's I got to toot my little uh, horn here on, on Javante. But even him, and I don't want to admit it, might be not as good as the superstar we all thought he was kind of going to be. So that's the personnel. Then it's the rookie head coach who had never done it before and never really had the ultimate responsibilities in Green Bay and probably not in Jacksonville any you know either. So while he, I think, he went like two or three levels up for a job. Like he, w- he was just a worker. And then instead of just hiring him as the manager, they hired him as like regional general manager. And like anyone who's like, you know, you're like, he's not, he's not cut out for the job. And even if he's really smart and can learn to do the job, it's going to take some time. There's going to be some bumps, some some bruises. You can see the inconsistency from what they did in week one to now what they, you know, let tried to do here on Thursday night with, you know, the fourth and five or the four, the fourth and one there. Um, all of these things collectively. All and do you know what? Even the new ownership stuff too. You know, just a lot of different things have all kind of compiled and created two and three. Right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I agree. I mean, Hackett's a guy that's used to making suggestions, and now he's the one making the decisions, and he's having trouble with that. Like, hey, you want me to make this call. I'm used to making the suggestions and having somebody else, you know, make the final call. Again, the suggestions are one thing, and even coming to, okay, here's the play, or here's the play that I designed, and then here, or here's the play from the play sheet I helped create. Right. To be able to, um, Trust yourself to be able to do. He's never been responsible for a win or a loss. Exactly. It's not put on his shoulders. Until week one of the NFL season, okay? Mm -hmm. He had never really, Coach Hack had never really been responsible for a win or a loss. And do you know what? Did he say something that might have, you know, caused the Packers to lose a game one or two times? Or did he say something that might have, you know, uh, been the right thing to say to an Aaron Rodgers ear at the same time or to coach the floor? Maybe one time or two times. Sure. Ever. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But, you know, to have all the responsibility, it's just now those are the real reasons why this team has struggled to this point and at the rate that they've kind of struggled at or the quality of the wins or the losses of whatever you think might be. That's the truth. Not that Russ is washed, because I don't believe that at all. Not that, um, uh, let's see here, not because he's too worried about the brand and not about football because the guy's putting in work. He's the first guy there. We know that. Oh, he works hard. He works his ass off. Um, there's just a lot of different things going on that um, I have brought the Broncos to this point. But none that would make me believe this thing's done. Um, they're effed. Uh, we can't fix this. Um, that this was the wrong decision even to, to have brought Russ. So... Again, like that's been the question de jour around town uh, the, this week. Uh, the comments on the brand, and then the if we can go back in time, let's go back in time. If we can go back in time, would we have, in, you know, still pulled the, in knowing what we know today, have still, you know, pulled this trade off? Well, life doesn't work like that. You cannot. Do you that. can't go yeah. 88 miles an hour and, you know, to go to, you know, back in time. We're going back in time. You can't do it. Can't do it. So the reality is this is where we're at. Um, I still wouldn't rather have Carr or Cousins. I always go to those two guys. I don't think I'd rather have Dak. I don't think I'd rather have um, 
Man, there's a lot of guys, even like still two, three games for me ain't going to replace 300 touchdowns in 10 years of what Russell Wilson was able to do. Um, I got Russ's back, again, for the time being. For the time being, if this thing after the full season doesn't look, you know, the way it's supposed to look, and if he has 17 touchdowns and 15 picks, then I'll probably be willing to um, find a way to, you know, how do the Broncos move on from Russ? And whether it be, you know, trying to talk Russ or force Russ into some kind of retirement or literally trading his ass to the Saints or giving everybody a fresh start. And, yeah, you take a hit on, you know, the value of what the guy may be, but there's still seven, eight, nine teams in the league, including the Redskins, you know, including the Panthers, who would say, oh, yeah, man, it's, you know, it's, it's still that Russ. Uh, get him in here. He'll be 34 years old. And they would just know, because it's true, he'd be, he'd be better than any possible outcome or other quarterback that any of those teams I mentioned could find. Oh, totally. Totally. He'd be an upgrade from He's, whatever's on their roster right now. This Russ that has been kind of shit Russ for, ten, for, for five games is still a top 10 quarterback in the league for me. Yeah, I, I agree. And it, I mean, it's amazing that we're even thinking about that it and is. talking it's about crazy. it after after just five it games. It's, just you know, five games. That's Broncos country, though, and yep. the media that you know comes along with it. And here, you know, at Mile High Sports, man, we do a radio show. We just got done with. Now we're doing the podcast. We got the magazine, and then our website's a banger. So it's like you know, we're feeling it. We're you know, the the, the, the listeners, the you know, the um, man, they 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 put a lot of pressure on this franchise, and it's you can feel it. And, again, uh, rich guys don't become rich guys by um, wasting money and just throwing money away. And they also know um, when, I think, and what um, success looks like at a managerial you know, situation. There's probably a lot of business kind of, you know, we had Bob Stitt, Coach Bob Stitt, and he uh, has this, uh, like, 50-question thing that he's invented that, like, pro teams, college teams use that uh, try to identify you as a player and a person, weaknesses and strengths. It's and a use, scouting thing? It is, it is. Um, it's, um, and again, it could go be like a, to, to translate to business in real life. Oh. And I'm sure there's a million, you know, different, you know, things like that that could, um, that the that the the Waltons use to determine success and uh, or project su- success or not. So I guess my point is, if they think that Nathaniel Hackett can't cut it, they're not going to sit around and wait. They will fire the guy. And any you know, man, back in the day, the Broncos again, they or a. I don't want to say ran like a mom and pop, just didn't have Jerry Jones kind of wealth. So you would think maybe. Firing a coach with a lot of money and a lot of years left is a financial decision Mm. as much as a football decision. True. It's no longer the case. Money is no object to this, you know, to this team. Uh, Your your coaching dollars don't go against any salary cap. You can fire, have three, you know, fire three coaches in three years and be paying those guys each and, you know, still afford to go – Spend seven, uh, 70 million for seven years on whoever that next great coach could be. So um, I just think if it's not going to work with Nathaniel Hackett, then we'll know after this season. Um, the Broncos have been a bum of a team um, the last six years anyways. Yes. Um, it's, it's, again, you... Building the big mansion doesn't happen overnight. I mean, they build things. Guys come in, these fleets, and, you know, they're just kind of putting things together, these contract companies, and they do brilliant work, and it happens quick, um, way quicker. Like, back in the day, you used to be like, oh, man, they're opening a, 
they're opening a new McDonald's over there, and it just seemed like it took forever. Nowadays, it's like, boom, you know, shit's up in a month. Yeah. So <laughs> it's just not going to happen. Building a championship contender is not going to happen overnight. Rome okay? wasn't built in a day, right? It just, you got to, again, lay the foundation, you know, to tear down. Then you got to um, get all that plumbing, get all that stuff underground, you know, set up. Then you got to lay that foundation down, uh, you know, and so on and so on and so on. So I think when Peyton got here, for one, it's Peyton. No one else is Peyton. But why they were able to have so much success right away is, let's not forget, the year before, where they were a playoff team with Tim Tebow. They won a playoff they were, game. And won a playoff game, an iconic playoff game, yes. a historic, iconic playoff game. So Peyton Manning was taking that over, you know, that over. And then you get a great coach in John Fox, who he was great, and you get one of the greatest minds in NFL history in Peyton, and you have a team that was closer and more ready-built, a lot more ready-built than this Broncos team is. And then, you know, that's where the comps die. And um, Other than what's wild is... <laughs> And then we'll kind of shift gears a little bit, and then we can wrap this thing up. Is the Broncos are two and three in 2012? They were same record as right now. And then uh, week six, they played who? A Monday night game a against night game the against Chargers. The Chargers. Okay, right. And what happened in that game? Do you remember? Oh, I was watching it in my dorm room up in college. I remember they were down 24 nothing at the half. I was like telling everybody, I was like, this team is not it. Peyton's not it. Yeah. And then what happened? A huge, massive second an half iconic comeback. iconic comeback of the, ages, the on, ages, you know, in the history of Monday night football. Um, Peyton absolutely turns it on. They win 11 straight games after that, okay? Didn't lose the rest of the regular season. I didn't lose the rest of the regular season. Cruised, um, you know, we melted down against the Ravens. The rest is kind of history. Every, you know, every uh, loss sets you up for the great win, you know, which the triumph, which they, you know, were able to do a couple few years later, going to a couple Super Bowls and winning 50. Um, I don't know if that stuff's going to happen for the Broncos, but also it happened, that was real life. It really yeah. happened. Super Bowl next season. So um, don't count these Broncos out just yet. Don't bury them like a lot of people have. There's a lot of people stuck a fork in rust in these Broncos. That is so premature. Oh, they're done. And they yeah. set up big time for a um, to be one of the best comeback, bounce-back stories, get-right stories, second-half team stories in the NFL. Boom. It's just the truth. So real quick, shout out Total Beverage. TotalBev.com, a partner in this podcast uh, of ours. We love these guys. They're great. We appreciate them big time, man. Um, we go there all, all the time. For one, I've been getting Alex up there. And I've been, I told you I grabbed some beers for the dads. So I'll grab a couple like uh, 12 packs of Modelo's for the dads. I made my wife last night a margarita. We had a margarita. And um, like, it's nice to have that stuff on hand. So, like, we've been, like, I got a the, uh, couple bottles of Suerte, and we got some mix. Um, sometimes we'll do a little bit different. But, man, it's have to, like, run down the street to, like, the corner liquor store where you're just like, what? These prices? Ugh, you never feel good about it. That's why you go to Tall Beverage. That's why you stock up. Um, that's why they are convenient if you need to run in and out. Curbside pickup, they'll deliver to you, all that kind of stuff, man. Total Beverage is our, one of our great partners in this podcast. We really appreciate those guys uh, big time. So, um <sighs> The, you know, we've kind of, in a sense, talked a big picture about, um, you know, just some of the heat on Russ. Uh, but specifically, again, another former player comes out of the world where K.J. Wright yesterday was saying some stuff like basically Russ couldn't connect with the guys. And he was always talking to the guys like, 
you know, telling the guys what he thought they wanted to hear and trying to just look like perfect instead of teeth to call him like like a brother. You know what I mean? Really? Yeah. Dang. But Marshawn went on um, Richard Sherman's podcast, right? He did. And Richard Sherman was kind of, you know, laying the groundwork down and kind of setting Marshawn up for what he thought was going to be like a, you know, um, a choke slam that he was going to lay upon the reputation of of Russell Wilson, but instead he kind of was feeling for Russ, um, saying basically he hopes he's good. Yeah, he hopes he's okay, and he hopes he's not letting this stuff get to him. Um, called him, you know, a, a, a kind of a good dude, a competitor, and man, again, he, maybe it was this, it's that offense versus that defense. But Richard Sherman, I don't think was expecting that. Maybe he was. But, um, you know, those defensive guys look at Russ in a certain way that we've, again, they've come out of the woodworks to kind of um, call him a bad teammate. Not a bad guy, but just a bad teammate. And not genuine, okay? Not a genuine guy. Um, Marshawn, though, um, man, he kept it real. And uh, I thought I was a lot of respect to Marshawn because I think Sherman did not expect him to go in that direction. Yeah. And Marshawn just was honest. He spoke the truth. And I think that's why a lot of people love him. I agree. Um, Russ, at the podium today, you know, someone kind of set him up saying, hey, Marshawn did an interview yesterday and mentioned that uh, he hopes you're good and, you know, you know that kind of thing. And then Russ, you know, said that Marshawn's one of the greatest players he ever played with, you know, like a, you know, uh, a brother type of figure, all that kind of stuff. So um, I think when the going gets tough and the tough kind of got, got going there, when the Seahawks – find a way to lose that Super Bowl so disgracefully, fingers pointed everywhere, Every you know, from Pete Carroll's his fault and uh, Bevel, who was the play caller, right? Yeah, the OC. He uh-huh. got fired yeah, for that. Um, yep. Um, to the, them not wanting Marshawn Lynch to be the MVP of that Super Bowl, to Russ himself just trying to audible out of it, not make the pass, tuck the fucking ball under his arm and head first into the end zone, whatever it may be, everyone almost is to blame there, except for Marshawn. So, you know, whenever there's finger pointing and when that, when it when it ends the way it kind of did, it's kind of like that. But now that time has passed a little bit for Marshawn to say those kind of things about Russ. Um, I kind of, I feel like I got to stick up for Russell too a little bit. And... Um, you know, just offered some words of support, and I thought it was it was, it was kind of cool. So, um, let me read you a little bit of what he said. Uh, okay, he says the back the backlash that bro just got like, and I don't know, he is one of the heady guys, bro. It's more so I just want to know uh, how he's doing. I just want to tap in with him and make sure that you feel me though that. Uh, Wilson is solid though because man at the end of the day like I mean I understand what this football shit is but you feel me I don't want to make sure I want to make sure Wilson is straight in his mind don't let that shit overshadow you because at the end of the day bro you are still a Super Bowl quarterback yep. you feel me you know uh, you got a beautiful family and all that shit. Sorry, I'm just reading it. Whether he, Marshawn's saying it. Um, but, you know, these MFers have been going off the deep end with how they've been and how they've been thinking. Ooh, he's talking about everybody, including Dang. kind of uh, Richard Sherman. Oh, yeah. Former so, teammates included, for sure. 
Um, you know, damn, for everyone who's, you know, on the same day, K.J. Wright, you know, pile drives. Uh, Marshawn Lynch is the last guy you might have thought would come to back uh, to bat for us, but he did. Uh, I appreciated it. And, man, I don't know. The, like, with the Broncos Bliss podcast last year, we are doing it. It's like we're just coming and kind of beating them up, and it, like, felt good to let out your rage on how Drew oh, Locke sucked. Take it all out. Or yeah. on, like, the Drew Locke supporters, you know what I mean? And it was just hard to kind of it, – it, it, right now it's it's – it's weird because I'm sticking up for Russ. It's in a weird place here. I want to believe. I'm like clinging to the belief that this thing is going to still go the way that we all thought it was. Oh, yeah. Nothing's going to come easy. Russ said that today at his press conference. Football ain't easy. Life ain't easy. You know, this you know, this whole thing wasn't going to be easy. Um, you know, he said all the right kind of things. He said, you know, we could be 5-0. and oh. it, it, But he didn't say it like that. He was kind of asked a question a little bit and um, – you know, just kind of use that as a, a, a like a frame of maybe the reference point. And um, they're two and three. They have a huge game against the Chargers. Um, you, I don't know if you're going to do the podcast with us tomorrow. You got a lot of stuff going on. Probably not. It's, today's your day. Um, you're the star today. So why don't you tell me your prediction real quick and uh, maybe give me a little insight how you think this game plays out before we shut it down here. Yeah, uh, we we talked about it during the Hooters segment yesterday, but I have the Chargers win in this game. I think they win by about six and just barely cover. I'm looking at like a 23-17 to 17 type game. We all know the Chargers are banged up. Herbert's far from 100%. Keenan Allen's been uh, riddled with injuries too, but the Broncos offense just has not proven that they can get anything going. The same issues seem to persist. Hopefully they can figure it out in the red zone and maybe get into the 20s. But as of right now, I'm not confident they're going to score more than 17 points. So I'm looking at 23-17 right now for the Chargers. Uh, hopefully the offensive line can kind of hold off Joey Bosa and some of these other Chargers pass rushers like Khalil Mack because they're going to cause problems. And I'm also concerned about the offensive line. I don't think that's being talked about enough. Um, they're banged up, and they're trying to fill some holes. I know Quinn Miners might be coming back. Billy Turner, we finally might see him active. Um, but that's a big question mark. And Russell Wilson, for all his struggles, he's getting sacked way too many times here um, during these first five games. I like 23-17 just in the other direction. 23-17 Broncos? Because, yeah, because, I, you know, I'm going back to my NFL law of averages, you know, that I've created, you know, where it's just, you know, the Chargers, uh, I think, are going to find a way to lose this game to the Broncos who have had so much success over these guys over all of the years, throughout the records, throughout all that kind of stuff. Um, the Broncos are, like, not just due, but overdue. Doo-doo. Uh, he and, said doo-doo. Yeah. And um, the- yeah for, for, for a... A big bounce back for sure, and I mean, just the way we've seen the NFL season work to start this year, it's like it all these teams. Like it feels like the Broncos are going to get one against these Chargers. I'd probably alternate that to plus seven and a half. Oh, I think they the cover plus seven five and a half. and a half. Yeah, that's the number you get five and a half points if you take the Broncos. So even under your premise, you're six points twenty. I was twenty three seventeen. Okay, I had okay. six points. So that's that's right there. So again, it's 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 funny how you know those numbers are always so close. But you know, if I'm getting the Broncos and I'm getting uh, seven and a half points, a touchdown and a half, which will probably get you around like you know minus one fifty, and you start throwing some parlays and stuff like that. Um, I would take a look at that. I'm gonna take a look at that. But um, 
Maverick Sports, the Maverick Sports app. Love those guys. Thursday Night Football tonight. It's a pick in between um, the Commanders and between the Bears. Uh, actually, I think it moved. The, the line might have moved to the Bears plus a point at home. I'm not kind of quite sure why. They've been as bad of an offense as, you know, as anybody, including the Broncos. But, um, you know, the Commanders aren't, you know, don't bring that much more to the table. So I'm a little thrown off by um, kind of them being favorites on the road, a team like that. So, you know, a home, a home dog in the NFL usually eats so um give me the bears tonight and uh, the number is 38 the total is 38 that seems like a low 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 number uh. I mean, you just have to take the the, the over uh, on that and just kind of see where it takes you but alex good job appreciate you if you want to listen to the radio show we do at 10 to noon every single day monday through friday at mile high sports radio it's 98.1 fm that's 107.5 hd3 you can watch the show or listen to the show at milehighsports.com which a ton of people do um yeah, man, that's it. Uh, keep your head up, um, Broncos country. Um, it's going to turn around here, and it may turn around in a big-time way this weekend. Um, looking forward to this yeah, game. If they beat the Chargers, will all these people that were on Russ's back just suddenly jump back on the bandwagon? Totally. They will, right? Because they, and look what's happened in just a month. Look how people have turned so quickly. All it's going to take is Russ to throw three touchdowns in one of these games and then come out on the other side of a, uh, of a big win, and then the tune will change and the tone will change. But, you know, to give any of those guys credit, which I don't want to, it's like maybe they got to see it to believe it kind of stuff, but also, you know, give the guy a little of a chance. And like we say, give the guy some effing credit. I mean, some for credit. real. I mean, for yeah. real. So, uh, Alex, good job. What's your Twitter again? Uh, it's at A Becker Sports. Okay, so um, find me at Tweets. Danny on Twitter as well. Um, check us out on the Broncos Blitz podcast that we do every single day as well as the radio show. We appreciate you guys, and we love you guys. Oh, wait, wait, one more thing, one more thing. Um, I want to shout out All Seas Collectibles, okay? They've been a partner of ours. For one, they have two locations here for uh, 30 years. They're an like, institution in a region for collectibles, cards, comics, coins, all that kind of stuff, man. These guys, um, they are bangers, okay? These guys are bangers and mash. Um what the stuff they have is will knock your socks off, like auction house type of stuff. But you can go in there, spend 20 bucks, and get a pile of cards, a couple packs, and a couple of comics too. So I want to show we give those guys some love too. Go check out them on Twitter, um, their Facebook, all that kind of stuff. We'll tag them here in the podcast on their Twitter. But all these collectibles, man, go check those guys out as well. We appreciate you guys for listening, and we love you guys. Good night, Sheila. Good night. I'll never forget this podcast. <laughs> <laughs>